You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. Here we are once again at Grab Them by the Pod. I am Kevin along with Jesse. Thank you for joining us here at the show. We always talk politics. We always talk Trump. We've got all kinds of stuff to talk about to you tonight. So, Jesse, what do you have for us? Well, I have to start off by saying we're probably going to be disappointing some of our listeners today because we are not going to be covering the uh, recently announced Pentagon UFO program that they spent $20 million on and, and the head of which says he believes we are not alone that's always fun, but uh, we're not going into that. But we have some other fun things to talk about, although your mileage may vary on how fun it really is. Um, the tax bill that just, you know, it seems like it never ended. Uh, it seems like it might end today. Republicans are doing everything they can to get their final votes in by the end of this week, by the end of this year, to get their Republican tax bill, tax cut bill uh, passed. The House actually passed it today, but oops, they're going to have to re-vote on it. That's because the Senate parliamentarian ruled that provisions in the bill violated the rules governing the legislation. That's probably something you should look at before you actually vote on it. Those two provisions basically just don't comply with budget rules of reconciliation, which Republicans are using to avoid a Democratic filibuster. So basically one of them is tied to homeschooling expenses. Uh, the second one is... Uh, concerned with exemption, an exemption that would allow universities to, uh, with fewer than 500 tuition-paying students uh, from having to pay the endowment excise tax. So those things are being taken out, and the House is going to re-vote today, and the Senate is probably voting possibly as, as we record this right now, if not now, uh, sometime tonight in the, the wee early hours of the morning. A college with fewer than 500 tuition-paying students. That's I don't college. know if that that would be worth going to. That's like having the University of Jesse and having it here. And, hey, I'm accredited. I'll give you a stamp on a diploma and, uh, you know, go out and conquer. Go forth and conquer. Dare we say <laughs> Trump University? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that Jesse University is much more reputable than Trump University. No one's tried to hope. sue me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So as of this uh, recording, the Senate has Rubio, they have Corker, they have Collins, they have Mike Lee. Anybody that may have caused a stink in the past or they weren't sure of, uh, they're going to vote for it. And you know, we've discussed this several times. But why not do it one more time and this time with feeling? Um, the tax plan's costs are going to exceed $2 trillion. That's with a T um, over about a decade. When you factor in economic growth, uh, most of these tax cuts for individuals are going to expire after 2025. So you may see some savings uh, next year, but eventually you're not going to see those savings. You know who will? Uh, the corporations, because the corporate tax rate is permanent, uh, and that's what we've been railing against. When the corporations are the ones seeing a permanent tax uh, cut, and people like you and me are going to be you know, back to paying it up the nose before you know it, that's not popular. It's not good. No, truly read between the line, folks. This is once again politicians, you know, doing the dirty work to put things in their favor and to the favor of their donors while the average American takes the biggest hit. Yeah, and, and just to go into that a little bit, uh, we've we've talked about this in the past again, that uh, the Trump administration wants to pass this because they haven't accomplished anything. Everything that they've accomplished has been through executive orders, which that doesn't count. The president just signs a piece of paper and it's done. Uh, so they're passing a bill that's really bad. And I was reading an article today by a friend, friend of the podcast, Harry Engine from 538. I love his song. Uh, we wrote uh, He wrote an article about how unpopular it is. And it says 33% of Americans are in favor of this bill. 
52% of Americans are opposed to it. That's a negative 19 uh, percentage point split that makes this bill the least uh, popular major tax bill since going back to 1981. Uh, that's not good. It's going to hurt you when you already have a, an interesting 2018 election coming up. Well, and rightfully so. That 1981 tax bill under Ronald Reagan was the Economic Recovery Tax Act, or the ERTA for short. This was, you know, supply side economics, benefiting businesses rather than consumers. It was the the theory of trickle down economics that if you put money back into the hands of the business class, eventually they will create jobs and and put more money in the pockets of the working class. But does that work? I don't I would argue that we haven't really seen it successful in the last 35 years. And it might even be the thing that put us in some of the economic holes that we've been in in the last 10 to 15. I mean, the argument is they use that money to to then buy new and get new employees, buy new things. But instead, they just put it in their bank and keep on going, you know, long business as usual. I'm trying to cut you off. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, this may be a policy win for them, but I don't think it's going to be a a political win, and you know, following what happened in Alabama, Virginia, New, New Jersey, the GOP really needs some uh, political wins going forward into 2018. Uh, just looking back at some of the people who may have some interesting votes uh, on this bill, um, Senator Jeff Flake, he's not running again. He's the one who gave 100 bucks to Doug Jones in Alabama. Uh, right now, we don't know whether he's going to vote. He hasn't committed either way on that, but he actually yesterday, and we'll get into this in a little bit, um, tweeted his support still for Mueller, which is not a popular thing for Republicans to do. So who knows what Flake will do? Probably won't matter in the long run, but worth keeping an eye on. Uh, Senator John McCain actually is going to miss the vote because he's still in Arizona recovering uh, from some medical treatments he received due to his uh, brain tumor. And then there's Thad Cochran, uh, who's a, Rep- a Republican from Mississippi. He missed votes last week due to health issues, but he's expected to be there today. So, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if these guys don't show up or not. They haven't seated Doug Jones yet. Um, they have the votes, even if it were to be like a tie of like 49-49 somehow, or some weird thing with people not showing up. You still have Mike Pence to break the vote. So um, I, I think it's time to face facts. You know, we were successful in not passing the health care legislation, but this tax bill is going to go through. Yeah, unfortunately, it does look that way, Jesse. But, you know, funny you should mention Senator McCain, because according to a CNN poll conducted by survey and market research firm SSRS, which came out today, Senator McCain is more popular with Democrats and independents than members of his own Republican Party, with 68 percent of Democrats in this country favoring him as opposed to only 46 percent Republicans. So some of those actions he's taken on those previous bills this year have put him more in favor of the Democratic Party with Republicans questioning his loyalty to party. But of course, it did seem as if he was coming around in this tax bill. And nonetheless, he won't even be there for this vote as he uh, tends to his health back home in Arizona. As a former college professor, I would say, you know, McCain was a maverick. He's a maverick. Um, although he sometimes picks and chooses when he's a, when he's a maverick. Uh, the people that are going to be really happy with this are going to be the people who are going to be giving the GOP lots of money next year in 2018. Um, their donors, who are people who you know have lots of money, are very happy with this bill. So... You know, on the upside, we won't have to talk about this bill anymore, likely after after today. But um, it, it's it's not the end of the world, but it's just not a good bill. It's it's they're passing them to pass something that's never good legislation. So uh, we can't win them all, but we we tried. I think right, we can say we tried. We did. That's for sure. Uh, we gave it the good fight, and alas, this is what we're left with. So um, again, these things. 
you know, as Congress changes, so do laws. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what does happen. Of course, we have the midterm elections coming up in less than a year now. So how might that change any policies that are made by this Congress? We and, shall see. And it's important to know, you know we don't dislike this because it's a Republican bill. We dislike it because it's bad for the um, average American citizen. That's uh, how we look at everything. And yes, we've been railing against Trump and we will continue to rail against Trump a lot in this podcast. Uh, but it's not because he has an R next to it. it's his name. It just so happens that right now the people with the R's next to their name uh, are doing things that are better for themselves and for their uh, supporters than they are the average American voter. They certainly do themselves no favors in gaining support from the average middle class working American. Mm. And with a bill like this, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah. And on top of all of this, uh, Fox News and a lot of the right media and just people working in the right have really gone to war against Bob Mueller. Uh, I mean, maybe they sense the end is near or they're just worried uh, what's going on. I mean, I've heard there's still another year left possibly in Mueller's uh, investigation, but uh, or maybe they're just doing everything they can to discredit the guy. It, it's just so crazy. And, and then their newest move takes a cake. Um, and we've heard Mueller's investigation called a witch hunt. We've called it uh, they've called it fake news. Uh, but now they're calling it a coup. Uh, Fox News is Jesse Waters, who is an interesting guy. If you just look at a lot of things he's done and what he says, um, he said uh, the scary part is we may now have proof the investigation was weaponized to destroy the presidency for partisan political purposes and to disenfranchise millions of American voters. Now, if that's true, we have a coup on our hands in America. And while he was talking to Kellyanne Conway, uh, the Chiron below wrote, uh, read, a coup in America? I mean, that's just insanity, a coup in America. Listen, you know what disenfranchises millions of American voters? You know, foreign agents acting for another <laughs> country that get themselves involved in our election. That's disenfranchising, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the coup. Uh, I mean, the Mueller investigation, if you look at it, goes hand in hand with democracy. Uh, the Trump administration appointed Mueller. These guys, everybody involved in this, like they're lifelong Republicans, or they're, they're appointed by Republicans, so you can't say they're out to get Trump. Um, but they don't like that he's been appointed now that he is finding things that you know they don't like, and they try to dis- uh, delegitimize the standing. Uh, you know, to insinuate that this is not part of the Democratic process, it's basically attempting to destabilize democracy itself. I mean, it wasn't a coup when Richard Nixon stood down, and it's not a coup now that Trump is being investigated. Coups are bloody violent. You can just see all these guys on Twitter saying, you know, I've spoken to people who fought in coups, I've covered coups. Uh, you know, this is anything but a coup. I, I, honestly, if you see things like what happened most recently in the Arab Spring, Trump should be happy that this is uh, how things are done in America. Coup. I mean, they'd be storming the palace and knocking down statues and stuff if this was a real coup in another country. This is all just crazy talk from some crazy people. I mean, it's all referencing the two senior FBI officials, uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, who sent text messages to each other prior to the 2016 election that were derogatory or spoke negatively of a Trump presidency, saying things like uh, this guy can't be president or Hillary Clinton must win. Uh, Strzok became a top investigator for Mueller later on, but was removed as soon as Mueller became aware of the text, according to The New York Times. So the point would seem to be moot. However, the Republicans are naturally going to push uh, to discredit Robert Mueller and his investigation because they want to get the whole thing thrown out. But let's remember that. 
you're an American citizen. You're allowed to have your own political beliefs. Uh, where it comes into uh, you know a shady ground is whether you can take your own political beliefs and put them aside to do your job. Now, I think Mueller did the exact right thing to get rid of these guys because you know it just it looks bad, even if it wasn't bad. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, and people are complaining about it. I mean, they're, they're trying to say basically you know that he that this poisoned the entire process, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I would gather uh, they may not be friends uh, fans of Trump, but if you uh, took a poll of the FBI, I bet you a lot of them are very are, are more right leaning than, than left leaning. Uh, so, and if you take all of this and then you add together last week, this you know congressman that nobody has ever heard of, uh, Matt. I would say Matt Getz is probably to say his name. I've never heard of him before. He's from Florida. Um, he called for uh, Mueller's uh, resignation. Said again, we are at risk of a coup d'état in this country if we allow an unaccountable person with no oversight to undermine the duly elected president of the United States. I mean, the statement just shows that he either is a partisan hack or he's wildly uninformed. I would will- willingly bet that he is both. Um, I mean, this is all part of the process. You may not like it. I can understand if you're a big Trump fan, you probably don't like what's going on with Mueller. But everything is seemingly above board, and uh, they haven't shown anything that's uh, not how this democratic process works. No, as you said, Jess, this is exactly what we want in our democracy. So it's best we let it continue to play out regardless of whatever partisan beliefs we may have. Yeah, I mean, I mean Trump has said that he's not going to fight uh, fire Mueller. He's getting to say the same thing about Comey before he fired him, so who the hell knows what's really going to happen. But I, I swear, if he ends up firing Mueller, it's going to be like the Saturday Night Massacre 2.0. Uh, and if people aren't familiar with the Saturday Night Massacre, back when Nick Coon was, off, was in office, he ordered the firing of the independent special prosecutor Archibald Cox. Um, there were people in office then uh, that I can respect the, the way they handle things. I don't know if they would handle, handle it the same way today. Um, but Nixon's uh, attorney general and deputy attorney general resigned because they wouldn't do it. Um, they eventually found somebody to get rid of him, but this eventually led to a plurality of Americans supporting uh, the impeachment of Nixon, and less than a year later, Nixon was out. So uh, I, I think you you really have to look at history um, if you're Trump and make sure you don't do something stupid that's just going to bite you in the butt even more, because we've heard it time and time again, uh, even if there wasn't something there to investigate, if you screw up during the investigation, that gets you just as well. Right. And we say it time and time again about why it's important to learn from history. And the president seemingly doesn't ever do that. So go ahead. Try that approach. See what happens. You know, if Nixon were alive, I think he'd probably give you some other advice. He, he watches a lot of TV. Just unfortunately, none of that is the History Channel. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Now, I'm a big uh, reality TV fan. You know that, Kevin. I actually have another podcast that deals with reality TV. So uh, it was interesting during the beginning of this presidency when uh, Trump hired former Apprentice candidate uh, Amarosa Manigault. Uh, and then last week, uh, the same Amarosa that I saw get fired on several seasons of The Apprentice um, either resigned or, or was fired from the White House. It's not particularly clear what happened. Yeah, that was a little muddy. Uh, And of course, you know, I I am not the reality television show aficionado (laughs) that you are. But even I was familiar with her from her time on The Apprentice, Um, you know, and I know that she was kind of known for being bright, but kind of loony, if you will, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, it, it's so strange that no one really can tell 
what really happened, although I guess you could say a lot of things in this White House. Uh, she was on Good Morning America. She was interviewed uh, by Michael Strahan, and you know she claimed that she resigned after a conversation with White House Chief of Staff John Kelly in the Situation Room. Uh, other reports had her confronting him at a White House Christmas party or trying to get into the White House residence, you know, the, the, the Trump's residence, uh, to ask President Trump about her dismissal. And then can't you just off. see that? That's oh. reality TV show yeah. right there. I, I and you see her see banging that. down the doors or trying to sneak past a Secret Service agent, like scratching, clawing her way at the door of the residence. Well before any of us thought Trump might run for president, she was the person making my stomach turn as she would call him Mr. Trump while talking to him. Oh, Mr. Trump. Call him Donald. You know. Um, so so it, it's just really interesting to see you know, where the truth lies. The Secret Service actually came out and said, uh, no, they did not physically escort her out of the White House. They had nothing to do with her firing because there were stories about that coming out. Um, although a source with uh, knowledge of the situation uh, previously said that she was not actually back in the White House grounds, even though she's still technically working there into into January. So, uh, you know, if, if you still work there for another, like, three weeks or so, uh, but you're not going to be on one house property, there's, there's something wacky going on there. Unless, of course, she takes a page out of former Red Sox and Met manager Bobby Valentine's playbook where she dons a fake mustache and pair of glasses <laughs> and, and tries to walk through the doors that way. I don't know. Omarosa? I don't know who Omarosa is. <laughs> oh, man. And Trump tweeted out a just a very simple tweet saying, thank you, Omarosa, for your service and wish continued success. People were kind of getting on on him that it wasn't much of a goodbye, but I would argue that it's it's a better – tweet goodbye than most people uh, who encounter Trump get. So good for her, I guess. And people want to know again, why is she gone? Uh, once again, people aren't too sure. I mean, reports coming in that she had a big title, had a big salary, but uh, her job responsibilities were kind of undefined. No one knew what she did. I, I remember watching and seeing her sitting in on some of Spicy's early uh, pressers back in the back in the early days when things you know seemed so bad we didn't know they could get even worse. Well, um, <laughs> I can tell you what her job title would have appeared to be. Well, that would be token minority in the Lily White Trump administration. Yeah, and and she's going to use that uh, in in part of her argument too. She said that that Kelly's style of leading was militaristic, and said so, yeah, she stood out because she was the only African American woman at the table. Which I, you know, I can kind of see that to a certain degree. Um, but I mean, people have been trying to get rid of her reportedly since Randish Priebus was still in in office. And again, that seems like a lifetime ago. That was like four or five months ago. You uh, mentioned Rance Priebus. Did you see – it reminded me. Did you see Saturday Night Live this week? Oh, I haven't recorded it. I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. I don't know. I, I know I know there's a uh, uh, skit, but tell me about it, please. Well, yeah, not to spoil it too much or for any of our listeners that haven't seen it yet. But just uh, keep in mind the tree of shame – and Ryan's Priebus may have an ornament on said tree of shame. <laughs> well, I'll probably watch it right after this podcast because it's just been sitting there. And usually, I don't know if I stick with the entire Saturday Night Live. Depends on who the the host is. But I always watch that opening episode or that opening skit, hoping it's something to do with the Trump administration or something in current events. Well, this one did not disappoint. I don't watch it every week either, but I was glad I tuned in uh, this Saturday. Good, good. Um, so, you know, what's next for Amarosa? Well, it seems pretty obvious from her appearance at Good Morning America that she's ready to, to sell herself and her story in a tell-all book uh, that will be coming to a bookstore near you or an Amazon distribution facility or how, however people get their books these days. Um, her, her quote 
on Good Morning America, I think, says it all. And it's a little long, so I'll, I'll go through it really quickly and bear with me if I uh, don't get it all. Uh, there were a lot of things that I observed during the last year that I was unhappy with, that I was very uncomfortable with. Things that I observed, that I heard, that I listened to. I have seen things that have made me uncomfortable, that have made me upset, that have affected me deeply and emotionally, that have affected my community and, the peop- and my people. And when I can tell my story, it's a profound story that w- the world will want to hear. Uh, that's for the like low, a, low price of twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good trailer for her book. I, I have such a great story to tell you, but I can't tell you now. You have to, you know, pay for my services. Which you know, when it, maybe she learned something on The Apprentice, maybe that you know she'll make her buck that way. Uh, guess what? I I won't buy her book, but I'll I'll read the review and I'll skim it at the bookstore or something. Bars, are there Barnes and Nobles around anymore? I haven't been to a bookstore in forever. Um, sorry, Amazon yes, is, yes, they do still exist. Do I, I frequent it. Somewhat regularly. Borders is gone, though, right? Is there, is borders, no borders is gone, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, Amazon has just taken over my life. You know, I I, I bought cat food on there the other day. I bought uh, tissues, uh, toilet paper. You know, why do I have to go to the store? Just get it all delivered to me. It's free two-day shipping, Kevin. I don't know. Some of us prefer to still do things, you know, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> oh, but I'm getting old. I go to the store, and then I forget what I went there for. And then I come home, and I'm like, oh. Newman, you know, I just, just didn't get it. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, something, Kevin. We haven't talked about this guy in quite a while. I thought maybe we're done with him for the moment, but no, he just popped back up. Um, our old friend Neil Gorsuch, Supreme Court <laughs> Justice uh, Neil Gorsuch. Um, Trump is again pissed off for the media this time. He's pissed off for the Washington Post. They ran a story on Tuesday alleging that he considered pulling his nomination of Gorsuch uh, when Gorsuch privately criticized uh, Trump's attacks on the judiciary. If you remember back then, um, he was just pissed off at a lot of people blocking his his um, his travel bans and things like that. So this morning, Trump tweeted out a story in the Washington Post that I was close to rescinding my nomination of Justice Gorsuch prior to confirmation. It's fake news. I've never even wavered, and I'm proud to have him and of the job he is doing as Justice in the U.S. Supreme Court. Unnamed sources don't exist, even though there are 11 of these unnamed sources and. The Washington Post is standing by their story, and good for them. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't accuse Merrick Garland of spreading that. <laughs> yeah, how dare he? He's just another Obama puppet. Uh, and by the way, it's not like Trump gets annoyed at people and wants to fire them. You know, just ask James Comey. Just ask Jeff Sessions, who we swear he wanted to get rid of a few times because you know he wouldn't do his bidding on the Russian the Russian probe. Um, you know, I remember it, it was just so mind mind-boggling that Trump was complaining about judges during Gorsuch's confirmation process where he was asked about it, and, and he did rightly say it was disheartening and demoralizing. Uh, but, you know, you can never disagree with Trump. you got to be a good little soldier. you got to do what he does. you got to follow the party line. Yes, fighting for his sensational brand of idiocy. Um, but, you know, I, I will give it up for Garland for during those hearings you know, saying that it was BS, basically. You know, I know you're trying to – you want the president to support when he nominated you to you know, a pretty, pretty sweet gig if you ask me. Um, and, you know, I guess we haven't had much to complain about Garland quite yet, though we haven't had any gigantic, gigantic things come before the Supreme Court. So maybe uh, we'll see. But, hey, remember, uh, Justice Chief Justice Roberts uh, voted in favor of the Obamacare stuff. So y- you never know what these guys might do. Sometimes they do put – um, you know what's right above their own personal beliefs, and I guess that's why they're supposed to be there. 
Uh, there are a couple of things I want to go over here quick at the end, Kev. We didn't uh, have this on the rundown, so I apologize, but figured, you know, these are things we got to bring up, and these are stories we've all heard. Um, reportedly, officials at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are under orders by the Trump administration to stop using certain words in their official documents. Uh, on the list are diversity, fetus, transgender, vulnerable, entitlement, science-based, and evidence-based. Why would you want to use evidence-based, you know, when you're doing things that have to do with uh, disease control? <laughs> How I wish George Carlin were still alive. It's it's just begging for it. Can we get a zombie Carlin up here? <laughs> oh, the seven words you cannot say. Yeah, it's you know that's words. you know these are shades of dictatorship. This is uh, fascism to shut down specific words that cannot be used by you know first it's the CDC, next it's all American citizens. I. I you know, it's a horror story. This is a nightmare, but uh, it is life. That's what we're living with in the Trump administration. So now hopefully, um, you know, something positive comes of this. I don't know uh, what that will be, but I, I sure can hope. Yeah, I mean, there's, they would say, you know, for example, instead of saying evidence-based or science-based, you might say something like the CDC bases the recommendations on science in consideration with community standards and wishes. It's, it's like trying to get around saying those naughty words that you don't want people to hear. It's, it's so stupid. And people at the CDC are reporting this. They think it's nuts. Um, although over the weekend, the uh, director of the CDC, Dr. Brenda Fitzgerald, you know, discussed this and said you know, there are no banned words. What a surprise you come out with this now. And some people are saying that, you know, it wasn't meant to be a ban, just like you know, a suggestion not to use these words because they're, they want to get the Republican approval of the 2019 budget. But, man, if – if you have to make these kind of changes to get the approval of some some wacky people, it, it's just not what you do. I mean, th there are certain things uh, I want in my documents if necessary. And if something's fact-based or evidence-based or science-based, say so. That helps promote your cause. Yipper. <laughs> so and the last couple of things I want to talk about really right here are just, um, you know, it's been really quickly a bad week for Trump nominees. Uh, the Senate blocked Trump's nominee to head the Export-Import Bank. Uh, that was uh, former Representative Scott Garrett. Art Vandelay. <laughs> yes. You want to be my, my, my latex salesman? Um, I'm an importer exporter. Uh, toothpicks, I believe, is what I export. Um, but this guy, Scott Garrett, when he was a congressman, he tried to shut down the Export-Import Bank, and now he wants to run it. It's like, it's almost as crazy as putting a guy who hates the EPA in charge of the EPA. No, oh, wait. Which, we've already done yeah, that. We've already, they've already done that. Yeah. Um, so so good on having like a bipartisan move to get this doofus out of there. I mean, it, it's – I don't feel bad for this guy. I can't believe you would take the nomination for this job when you know you've done this in your past. Oh, you don't think it's going to come up at all? You don't think you're going to look like an idiot? Um, you know, if I was saying, um, I don't know, if I was saying I hated the FBI and then I decided to get a job at the FBI, I don't know, maybe I uh, would think otherwise, but I don't know. And then the second one I want to bring up is Matthew Peterson. Uh, he was one of Trump's district attorney nominees. He withdrew his nomination. Um, this follows last week. I think a lot of people probably saw this. Uh, it became kind of viral. Um, it was a pretty embarrassing confirmation hearing where he struggled to answer basic legal questions. I mean, they didn't seem basic to me, but I've seen lawyers on Twitter who are like, you know, it's like asking you, look, what letter comes after A? You know, it's it's that kind of simple. And um I don't, I don't know if I feel bad for this guy or not. I mean, I haven't seen anything bad about him other than maybe he was unqualified, uh, but he kind of became a laughing stock uh, through this viral video. I don't know. 
Well, that's exactly what's bad. Being unqualified. Why would we want unqualified individuals being promoted to such positions of import? I mean, there's a difference between like faking it till you make it at like a you know, one of our jobs or something. You can do that. But when you have to go before a Senate committee and be grilled sometimes for hours or days on whether you're qualified and you know you're not, uh, you can't just yada, yada, yada your way through that. Um, they're going to they're gonna find out it's not going to be good. So why sub- subject yourself to such embarrassment? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they think – Maybe they just think they they are qualified. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you when someone nominates me for something. So, I, but I agree with you. It's it's good that we're seeing people who are unqualified kept out of important jobs. I mean, that's something we have to do. I think there's some people who've already been you know approved uh, that might fall in that category too. But it's it's time for a change, and I'm glad that it's coming down on both sides. I mean, because the guy who grilled um, Peterson was a uh, was it was it. Kennedy was Senator Kennedy, I believe, from from Louisiana. Uh, this is the same guy who uh, referenced Lindsay Lohan by calling her Lindsay Lohan in a in a Senate hearing, which you know that kind of bothers me too. But you know, heck, um, parties shouldn't matter when it comes to this kind of stuff. Get it right. That's all that matters. Get it right. All right, we're gonna turn it on over to you, Kev. What do you got us for uh, Kevin's quarter this week? Well, Jesse. We mentioned that a number of Republican lawmakers are describing the Mueller investigation into any Russian collusion on the part of the Trump administration as a potential coup. While this allegation will most likely prove fruitless, the real hijacking of America is taking place a mile and a half up Pennsylvania Avenue at the U.S. Capitol. The current tax bill, when looking at specifics, would seem to favor the wealthy, despite claims that it is a tax cut for the middle class. Small cuts for the average Americans on the front end with an expiration date of 2025, while corporate tax cuts are made permanent, reeks of political payola. Having members of Congress with the gall to openly champion this bill as a gift to big money campaign contributors is a reminder that the real threat to our democracy does not originate in religious extremism, rather in failed attempts at campaign finance reform. Although this bill is likely to pass and will certainly be signed by a president eager for a legislative victory, We must remember that ours, in the immortal words of Lincoln, is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. We must take back control of the ship. To the members of the 115th Congress, be advised, 2018 is nigh. Nicely said. God, I can't believe it's the 115th Congress already. I think I started working like in the 108th Congress when I was there. Man, time flies by. So, uh, well, before we go, I want to wish again Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners. Merry Christmas to uh, all of our Christian friends, and and a happy uh, Kwanzaa to anybody who may celebrate that coming up. That's uh, that, that's next week as well, I think. I think it's next Tuesday or so. Uh, I mean, my, my calendar tells me everything. I th- thank you for my calendar. So, uh, you know, basically what I want to say to everybody is it's been a fantastic year, and I don't know if we're going to do another uh, episode this year. Next week is going to be really crazy with all the holiday stuff coming up, and um, with Congress uh, going into recess, you know, we just we don't know what's going to be out there. So if, if we don't come back for another uh, another episode this year, I want to tell you, Kevin, I want to tell all of our listeners that um, this has been a fan. Well, it's been, it's been a horrible year for a lot of things, but podcast wise, it's been an absolute pleasure to do the show with you, to talk to all of our wonderful listeners every week. And um, it's good that life handed us some lemons this year and we made some lemonade. And I look forward to doing this into 2018 with you as well. 
Well, right back at you, Jesse. It's been fun. It's It's been a joy to to finally get this podcast off the ground. And as you said, while it was a, a negative event, perhaps that got us, uh, spurred us into action, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be able to report out to our listeners every week and, and looking forward to another year uh, of reporting on what's going on in Washington and keeping our listeners informed. That's the most important thing to be as an American citizen. So, you know, keep on listening. And if you haven't started, go ahead and start. And we love to hear from you. Yeah, you can find a way to contact us at our website at grabthembythepod.com. Lots of great stuff there. Uh, and until next episode or until next year, depending on what happens, Kevin, it's been fun. Later. Later.